0: This is The Ed Milet Show.
1: Welcome back to Max Out, everybody. I'm Ed Milet, and this gentleman to my left, I read his book, and immediately after reading, I'm like, I have to get this man on my show. Little did I know as I was chasing you to be on the show that you were a contributing person to The Dr. Phil Show at the same time. But this man's written a book that I love, and I want you to get. It's called Best Self. And this is Coach Mike Baer. So, Mike, thank you for being here, Thank you, Ed. Yeah. i
0: ready to max out. You ready to max
1: out? Good. <laughs> good. Well, I want to be a better version of myself, and I know everybody listening to this does, too. So, this book's so good. Thank you. Because there's um, actionable stuff on almost every single page. That's how I tried to write my book, as well. So, I just want to acknowledge what a great job I think you did in this book. Why'd you write it, by the way?
0: Well, I... Thank you for having me here. <laughs> sure. And uh, I, I wrote it because I wanted to create something that was affordable for someone who um, wanted to work with a life coach okay. and wanted to have practical ways that they can improve their life. And everything I kind of create uh, can meet a person where they're at. Mm. And I like to pull out their authenticity yeah. and start as that
1: being the place we in. Okay. Because everybody, you need to know something. Uh, this man's work, we're not going to go through all the names, but for a, a long time, you've been working with some of the biggest names in the world in Hollywood in the entertainment business and uh, and coached them. And so for you to put this stuff in a book, I really feel like people are very fortunate to get the stuff you've sort of reserved for this sort of, I don't know, elite group theoretically of people. I, I, and the reality You're, is I like working with people who aren't part of the elite group a lot more.
0: And that's why? What I Because I feel like people... In day to day life, don't have teams. Mm-hmm. Not big teams yeah. per se. And yeah. uh, when you're brought in to work with talent, you're brought in to work with the 20 people around them. True. And so it's really nice uh, to be able to just work with someone mm-hmm. where they don't have um, everyone being on payroll and everything being such a, mm-hmm. such a, uh, challenging Uh, but it's rewarding don't get me wrong i mean i love some i know
1: exactly what you mean the irony of you and i is that we had not met because we know so many of the same people and we've kind of done similar things just mine more with mainly athletes and yours more with entertainers yeah when i started to research you because i want to give people hope then i want to get into some stuff because everybody today if you're driving or maybe if you're watching this on YouTube, this is going to be write some notes down stuff because the one thing I really like about Mike is all the strategies and techniques that people can apply right. to become their better self or their best self. So, But when I was researching you, know, I was a little bit surprised because I, maybe I shouldn't have been because I think through everybody's pain or adversity, everything happens mm-hmm. for us and not to us. But if we went back you know, when you were in college and then right after college, your life right. was, you were not your best self.
0: I well, wasn't. So I, I grew up actually about five miles from here, from where we are right now. Yeah. So I grew up in Nellie Ranch and mm-hmm. I went to Modern Day High School and I went yeah. to play basketball. And, um, How and tall are that,
1: you? I'm 6'5". He's 6'5". This is a big dude. He yeah, my in, mom would like, say 6'6". Six yeah. six. Okay. <laughs> so big dude, big basketball dude. player, big dude. Orange County.
0: Went with the homecoming queen mm. um, and uh, just felt empty. Hmm. like the things outside of myself wasn't making me feel fulfilled yeah and um, I eventually I, well I started partying and then I eventually got into crystal meth um, have you done it I've never done crystal meth yeah no. you're not missing out
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> so but
0: you're not trust me right. I mean it's it's a very uh, at first it's really great and you love cleaning your kitchen And you love, Except it doesn't actually
1: get clean. No, no, it doesn't, it
0: doesn't. (laughs) And, um, and so, you know, you'd stay up for five days or a week or what have you. Mm. And then I just looked at myself in the mirror, I guess probably the 40th time and was just kind of like, like, I don't effing like you Mm. looking back and I don't know who you are. And I was 22 years old and Mm. um, I'd been through some outpatients and I called my parents and just said, Hey, I want to go away
1: you know these sayings are easy to say everything happens for me not to me But my dad's drinking when i was a kid you and i've talked about that my dad's been in recovery for 30 plus years but one of the great gifts of my dad's drinking ironically was because i'd have to kind of discern which dad was walking through the front door every day right i you know i had to assess him at four and five years old is this dad that's sober and kind of happy to be here or is it dad's been drinking for a while, and he might be a little angry or tired or whatever. Right. I I, and it's ironic that one of the skills I use most in my life now is assessing people. Yeah, I bet you're I, really good with social cues and picking it up pick really it up. quickly because you had to figure out how to regulate yourself. And I would think when you grow up with something you're carrying where you feel different or other or whatever it is, whether right. it's your race, your sexual preference, your um, maybe a lack of something, you don't have athleticism or you're not good at taking tests that these things actually create parts of your personality that serve you if you will use them eventually in your life, don't you right. think? Don't you only think had you not grown up and not had this drug and alcohol addiction that you had, or the meth addiction at least, that you probably wouldn't be so great at what you're doing. Now? No, I wouldn't be. You wouldn't. No, 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 there's no way. Hmm. But that's what that's for the people I've noticed that turn
0: the corner in their life, and yeah. for anyone who's listening, it's how do you turn your darkness into inspiration? Hmm. So even now, with like when I wrote. Best self, and I was going through different struggles because I'm human. Right. Anytime I had a struggle, I was like, I got excited hmm. because I was like, ooh, I get to write about it. <laughs> you know, like I, I get to figure out what's an exercise that can help someone shift out of that. And that's yes. kind of how I view like whether it's universe work, God's work, whatever it is. It's kind of like whenever I experience something that's really. Yep. difficult. I yep. know that I can apply
1: it to help someone else. It's a huge life hack, like secret. Like once you kind of start to accept, like I'm supposed to get something, or others are supposed to get something from this pain. Yeah, this pain's supposed to produce something favorable for me or others or growth. Like if you can start to know that when it's happening. But I'm curious because I and I, by the way, I just admire you so much for being able to share the vulnerabilities of your life. That's why I like you. That's why, oh, I don't nice. like watching people like, hey, I got it all together, I'm perfect. Let me tell you how to be perfect like right. me. I like what you just said, I'm human. Uh, for anyone, I mean, shame is, uh, It's
0: it's sh- shame can ruin you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's whether you feel shame for, uh, you know, who, who you're sexually attracted to, whether it's shame for something that happened with a family member or something that happened uh, with just, if you were abused, sexually abused, neglect, depression, whatever it is, whatever shame, whether you're not smart enough, Mm -hmm. um, being able to talk about it and communicate to people that are safe. You know, Sometimes it's assumed that we only should talk to our mom and dad about it, but sometimes our parents aren't safe. Hmm. And so it's figuring out who is safe. Hmm. Is there a way to discern that? um, Well, I think, you know, so there's a, there's something called the social atom, which is where you create a circle and then you look at all the relationships in your life and you can just create a circle. And a straight line would be anyone that you feel safe with, that you can be vulnerable with, that mm. you feel like you could open up to. And then anything you, you kind of make with a squiggly line is someone where you get anxiety or it's a little bit yeah. complicated. Yeah. And so I think being able to figure out who those safe relationships are, mm. to share it yeah. is the first step, because shame is brutal. Mm. I mean that's that's one of those things that
1: just it destroys people i think almost everybody uh listening to this is carrying some sort of shame i really do um whether that's something they feel like a relationship they're in where they didn't treat somebody appropriately or they let someone else down and i completely agree with you it's one of the things not discussed we talk about pain you know we talk about wanting to improve our lives or anxiety shame is something rarely discussed that i know i carry some Mm -hmm. you know i carry shame uh that's a that's a button from that's a bucket i enjoy filling sometimes with right. myself if that makes any sense yeah. like most of us have these buckets that we're unconscious and one of the ones i like to do on me that hurts me that's kind of repetitive is i'll fill my shame bucket oh yeah you know what i mean whether it's a conversation i had with my daughter that didn't go the right way i'll shame myself about it rather than just acknowledge what it is and grow from it and i'm really 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 impressed that you that you're willing to share these things I, I i think your advice is so cogent and i know that's why phil probably has you on the show i want to ask you a question because mm. i did a, I did a i did one of your exercises okay but i want to walk the audience through yeah it, let's do it because this book guys um you're gonna get it and you're gonna love it and, and you're gonna love it because it's actionable i love actionable stuff so there's a best self sort of what do you call it exactly what we're gonna walk through right here so so
0: best self is your authentic self so okay. best self is your truth your honest truth like my best self is a wizard who is a thousand years old. He's actually tattooed on me, right? Look at So, this like on YouTube, if you're not watching this, guys, you're gonna have to go to YouTube. <laughs> yeah, see yeah. This. yeah, YouTube. I mean, it's not done. This guy Nico Hurtado did the tattoo. He takes forever to get into. It's beautiful, though. I've been freaking waiting forever. I mean, the guy's so hard to get into. It's beautiful. Thank you, thank yeah. you. It's not done yet. So you you've need named to have him. His staff. You've yeah. named yeah, this is, Merlin. My best self is Merlin. It's a wizard that's a thousand years old. When I walk into a meeting, or when I present myself that is me being my best self. It's like wisdom, honesty, truth, alignment, living in the moment, okay. kindness, love. Um, and I think, you know, like our parents give us names, yes, right? And, um, but we can name ourselves whatever we want at our core and we can create, I find that being able to create uh, that character in that story, it creates a safe place for our minds to go sit into um and so and it's something that a kid can do or a teenager
1: or an adult i want to so that I, I so I wanna, let's go through yours i love it so i, I want you to walk them through it as yes. if i hadn't prepped okay, it because, so what well, i'm going to say everything yeah. everybody because yeah. this is so huge everyone i've been talking for 20 years about at any time in your life you can turn the page and become a new character in your life right that we repeat these old stories about ourselves and our book of our life starts to look like one chapter that just kind of runs together What a boring book to read if it was just one chapter about the same character. There should be evolutions, right? And I'm always talking about change the character, change the character. And then I read your book, and I'm like, this is an actual technique to name and change the character that is you and identify it. So, guys, this is so awesome, the way that you do this. So, the first step is to do what? The first step is to write out a description. Okay. So, so, and how do we do that? You write out, uh, you can look at times
0: in your life when you felt like, Wow, this is life. Yep. Or you know that's the best part of yourself. Okay. It's not outcome-driven. Yes. Uh, sometimes you get stuck on outcomes. Yes. And as you talk about, sometimes the outcomes happen 60 or 90 days down the road. Or two years down the road. Sure. So it can't just be, oh, that outcome. It's mm-hmm. when you feel good about yourself. Is it you like know- So it's
1: sort of like adjectives to describe the best you. You got it. Okay. Adjectives to describe the best you. What okay. did you write down? Well, I wrote a few down. I'm the, but, and I did this alone. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been cool to do with my family, but I did it alone. Um, and I'll be honest with you. It was empowering. When I'm my best, I'm these things. And it's like, I never, even me, and I, I, I coach people all the time. I never just take the time. What is the best adjectives to describe me when I'm the best me? Right. So I put peaceful, kind, patient, confident, prayerful. Mm. Strong, decisive, relentless, non-judgmental, encouraging. I wrote leader. I wrote listener or listening. Focused, present Mm. in the moment, and funny. Those were the best things I like about me when
0: I'm the good me. Got it. And so then you took that description and you felt pretty good about this. This feels like you're in alignment, right?
1: I love when I'm that
0: guy. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. At your core, that's you, that's right? Me. Yes.
1: And so now then you drew it. I right? drew it, and I it's just it's just what it is. You said yeah, it could yeah, be yeah. whatever it is. So he told me it could be whatever it is. It's kind of a Superman. Cool. And I, I'm, you know, I even have my family have told me that I'm like a Superman when I'm the best version of me. And I you also wanted me to Name it. Name him, and it's Superman. That looks amazing. That's my guy. By the way, and that's as good as I can draw. So, so <laughs> I, that's, I love the phase. So awesome. the real me is a Superman. Yeah. And he's all these things, and I, I would encourage every single person listening to this or watching this to do exactly this exercise. And this, we're not done yet, either, everybody, but take an inventory. What are the adjectives that describe the best you, and then you want them to draw a picture draw of it? You draw it, you
0: name it, because, because it's, it's, it's a great way, too, to go, am I walking into the room as Superman, Am I talking to my kid as Superman? Am I handling my relationship as Superman? Or Merlin. Or Merlin, right? Um, and uh, so that's really understanding authentically who you are. And that's how we kind of start off best self the book, okay. is figuring out who are you, like, yeah. and let's name it. I love. That. And so and that's our starting point of the compass. So okay. the next part of the exercise yeah is to figure out what is currently pressing into ourselves, our own psyche, that we know is not authentically who we are. Mm -hmm. So it's that part of us that goes, I shouldn't have said that. I don't know why I feel this way. Why am I beating myself up? What am I saying to myself? It's like the committee in the head that we can't shut off. Well, what is it saying? Mm -hmm. And uh, again, we want to write down the adjectives of what we
1: call your Mm anti-self. And so you did that, Ed. My anti-self is... You know what was kind of cool? What? I noticed something. It me... Do you find most people are, have an easier time writing down the good or the bad? Bad. Or bad. I, I would assume that too. One thing I kind of liked... Is you loved it. I had a better time, I actually had an easier time writing down the good things. That's great. I thought that's shown the work I've done on myself, yeah. because I would assume it's 80, 20, 90, 10, people are like, I can name you 80. Negative people, people normally don't have this long of a list, yeah. although I think this is incredibly healthy right. to have a long list as being your best. Yeah, list. and I, I, would, I think everybody writing this, the vast majority of you are probably going to have a really easy list of the negative things. And I think the more that you repeat, you utilize this exercise and the techniques that I teach and that Mike teaches, I bet you over the long term, you're going to have an easier time writing the good ones. Yeah. And I think that's when you know you're being that best self more often. You got it. Because um, I live, I think I live, I'm definitely this guy a lot, but I think I live with that guy more well, let than
0: that. We love Superman. Okay. I mean, Superman Ed Yeah, is... the,
1: this guy here let's is. Let's hear about the descriptions of your anti-self. Judgmental. Okay. Impatient. Uh-huh. Scared. mm angry, indecisive, anxious, gossiper, mm. distant, serious, complainer, self-centered. Mm. And I, now that I'm naming them, I could name some more actually, <laughs> but, but those are all uh, the anti-me. Yeah. yeah. And you drew the same exercise you drew. I drew him anti-self. and he's a guy with, Now I don't mean to use bad language everybody, but he's a, a guy with a big old head, and uh, a hat with two um phallic symbols coming out of the side of them.
0: Yeah, is that a penis coming out?
1: Yeah, it is. There's, out of his there's two of them on each yeah, part yeah, of his yeah. hat. And his name is actually Richard cabesa which is dick and in Spanish Cabeza is head, so right, you kind right. of get the name, but we I call to. him Richard Cabeza. Got like it. <laughs> got it. No, this is great. So, so the we negative, we, we have Richard Superman,
0: We have Superman and, and Richard Cabeza. Richard Cabeza. Okay, great. No, this And this is fantastic. And okay. so what we start off in, in best self is we go, okay, who's your best self? Mm-hmm. And who do we know is going to get in the way of you even finishing the book? Mm-hmm. Who's going to get in and be like, oh, this is, this is a bunch of BS, and mm-hmm. I don't have time for that, and... Mm-hmm. I'm good and, you know, just, yes. th- so we help identify those parts so that yeah, we but, can navigate the book. And so um, th- what what I find helpful once people do this is to figure out, okay, how do I get more of him? Yeah. And what situation currently is bringing out the most of him? Hmm. So for you, Ed, what would you say currently, Richard Cabeza, mm-hmm. when, what situation do you feel like currently, where you go, oh, this comes out?
1: Um, Anything, anything that feels stressful to me, Richard Cabeza likes to rear his head, no pun intended, anything stressful, and I would say something specific uh, with that would be, um, if I'm going to, if I'm prepping for or driving to something I think I'm not prepared for, Mm. um, that guy comes out, Uh, that guy is super judgmental, he likes to gossip, he can get pretty anxious and scared and fearful, he doesn't pray, mm. he isn't present. I'm always project, that guy likes to project into the future all the time what he should be worrying about. Right, the- so he can't be in the moment. Not in the moment. Okay. That's the- if, I could, if I could identify one thing that causes most of those other adjectives to happen, it's pressure or stress, mm. and I'm not present. Got it. Yeah.
0: And so, um- because when
1: Superman comes flying through, mm-hmm. in those situations, you feel—I f- I feel incredible. I feel strong. I feel peaceful. Right. I feel like a leader. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm doing what I'm called to do. Right. You know what I was born to do, and I feel loving in that space. Yeah. Yeah. That's a word that should have been in there.
0: Loving. Yeah. And so, so in, in Best Self, what we do is then what we we take you through what's called the seven spheres, which mm-hmm. is an acronym I created, which someone rates their social life. It's, Social life, personal health, education, relationships, employment, and spiritual. Mm-hmm. And they line. You just rate it from a one to ten, and it's full of exercises. And you go, okay. Well, in all these areas of my life, how often do I feel like I'm being my best self? Mm-hmm. Because usually, what happens for us is, is once we put down on paper and walk through it, we mm-hmm. can have a roadmap. Yes. And it doesn't become just theory. Yes.
1: And so. Um, Can I give you an example of that? Yeah. How powerful this is. Everybody's listening is like that. Seems pretty basic. Everyone, y'all trust me. Do it. Yeah. Just go through the exercise. Uh, even Richard Cabeso now I almost laugh at that guy now. It's why I gave him the name I gave him. He's hilarious to me. And 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 I don't want him in my life. He's yeah. like a joke. Yeah. Right. And so in my case, I want to. I. If I'm going to have shame, I'm going to shame that dude outside of me. I'm not going to carry it myself. And so I got to tell you though, last night. I did this last night Yeah, and uh, I had fallen asleep. Perfect little example and you stack these things over life. So you gave my family a gift last night unknowingly, right? Okay. And so what I did was I had fallen asleep and I actually posted it. My Lily was sleeping next to me. I was extremely tired and I uh, every night go in and kiss my daughter goodnight and say a quick prayer. And last night I was laying in bed and I was tired and I knew the lights were off in her room and I woke up tired and I went, I'll just do it tomorrow night right and immediately i thought about uh, what would superman do huh superman would get up he'd go in even if she's asleep and i'd kiss her and i'd pray with her even if she was asleep right i didn't want to get up i was tired and richard cabeza was uh taking over yeah and i literally thought about superman and richard cabeza and i chose to be superman and i got up and i walked in and she was actually awake Right. And I said, hey, boo, I love you. And Aww. I gave her a kiss, and she gave me a hug, and we said a quick prayer. And actually, she had something she wanted to ask me. Mm. And had I not gone in there, she wouldn't have been able to ask me that question. And so that, if, if this did nothing other than that one thing the rest of my life, it was yeah. worth it. But I can already tell, even today, prepping for our interview and getting yeah. no better, I'm like, I think I'm ready. And I'm like, well, what would Superman do? Superman would go another little extra inch here. Superman huh. would be more relentless, more prepared, right? More present. And so it's uh, affected even how we're doing this today. So yeah, thank and, you.
0: Yeah, and you, you're welcome. No, I'm, I'm grateful that you did this. Yeah. Uh, it means a lot because yeah. uh, you took it on your own initiative. I didn't ask you to, mm-hmm. and, and you, you clearly dig in when you have yeah. people come on your your show. And I, you know, the, the thing about Richard Cabeza <laughs> is when you, the, the interesting thing with the ego that I've found is when you build out the character. If, I, if you say to someone, okay, just don't be so angry. Ed, you know, like, let's see yeah. your wife's like, Ed, don't be so angry. Yeah. If she calls you Richard Cabeza, yeah. you may have a split second of like, and mm. then you'll start to laugh. It's awesome. Man. And it's not that serious because you don't awesome. even want to feel that way. It's awesome. And you get to get called out on your stuff mm. in a
1: way that's playful mm. and not... Um... What a great exercise to do even at work. Yes. Huh. Where your coworkers are like, hey, Richard Cabeza, cut it out. Yes. Right? Like, that's awesome. I yeah. love that. I love that. So you can do that in your family, your family, your teams. work life.
0: Yeah. And you can do it with your kids and it becomes revealing of how they view themselves. So yeah. So
1: good. brother. Oh, thanks. So good. Thank you for that. Yeah, of course. I dude, I, I gotta be honest with you. Like I love simple, actionable things that the audience can take with them and do. And guys, you'll be different after you do this and your family will be different if you do it together. Yeah. What a great gift, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, i got so many things I want to ask you about. So I want, to, I, I want them to get the book, so I don't want to do anything more that's in the book. But I okay. do want to ask you about one thing, just because it was important to me. Yeah. Um, and so, again, the last thing in the book, because everybody I want you to get the book, and I want you to get the audio version of the book, too. However, you talk about... I just want them to hear this, because everyone listening wants to change something about their life, and you have the five tenets of change in the yeah. book. And I'll name them, and then you give me a little bit of for it, if you could. Okay. Okay, curiosity is right. a tenet of change. Honesty openness, willingness, and focus is what right. we list. Just give us a little flavor behind yeah, that. Yeah, so it's,
0: I love acronyms, so I call it Chow F. It sounds like a Chinese Ch- restaurant. Chow F, okay. But it's okay. Okay. The, <laughs> It's good. it's just it's the five minutes of change. Yep. Um, but I feel like those are the five components. You gotta get curious, you know, in mm. order to change anything in our lives, we have to become curious to some extent. Mm. Um, and it's, uh, the, I find curiosity feels good. You know, when we're curious,
1: there's this energy to it. We're not just going, ugh. You're right. Right? Doesn't feel like research. I think the reason that uh, people kind of dig my show is I'm so hyper-curious about the people that are on the show. I mean, I love them and I'm curious about them, so completely agree with you. Yeah, and then honesty is Mm. just a pillar of,
0: Mm. if you can't be honest with yourself, your compass is all over the place. Mm. And then openness to other ideas, other suggestions, other solutions, Mm. willingness. What length are you willing to go to to make the change? You know, Mm. it's just, um, you know, what what are you willing to do? And then the focus, really, just focusing on the change. And
1: um, very good. Those are kind of what I call the five tenths of change. I love it. And I, I, when I was reading the book, I put everything through sort of like my life experience meter. Like, do I believe this? Right. How important is curiosity? Right. You know, that was, was kind of unique. I thought, that, what, a, what a powerful, mind-opening word. Honesty was pretty obvious to me. Yeah. Openness, willingness, and I know about focus. I, I think know one, you do. I think one of the, uh, maybe you agree with me on this, and I think one of the lost arts in the world uh, are people's ability with all the distractions, with smartphones, with TV, mm. with how quick things happen in life, is to stay focused on something until the task is completed, until you've achieved uh, do you see that too with the people that you coach they're, they're the omega achievers I think one of their separators is their ability to focus yeah I, th- I think it's what, they f-
0: what people focus on where they prioritize hmm. where they put their energy hmm. um, I even think like focusing on uh, I've started at least with, you know, with social media it's like what information do I want to put into my system yeah you know yep. anything that's going to give me anxiety yep. that's not keeping me safe hmm. I don't know why I would follow it Very good. Right? Yeah. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. Why am I putting that in my system? It's like Mm. bad food. Mm. So, I mean, I I think in terms of focus, it's just what do I want more of in my life and what do I want a little
1: less of? What a great distinction. I'm doing that on TV. Uh, Politics. Uh, Oh, yeah. No matter what side you're on, and just for me, it's like I just realized watching this, no matter what, I don't get into my political beliefs on the show, and I I don't even know that I'm that strong at any one place on that stuff. However... Just watching the coverage and watching the people. It's like a live reality show all the time. And as I was watching, it's exactly what you said. I thought to myself, is this giving me joy? Right. Is this growing me? Is this giving me peace? Is it giving me the things that Superman would want? Right. It's contributing to Richard Cabeza. Yes, Richard Cabesa is getting anxiety Richard, and stress. Rich, Richard
0: Cabesa is living in the news. Yes. yes, isn't it true? Oh yeah, And you and
1: it. And for many of you, your Richard Cabeza is exactly what you said. It's the stuff that's giving you anxiety and stress and worry on your social media. Yeah, You're so, it's so good, brother. So good. You, um, you strike me as a guy because of you know overcoming. You make light of it, but you overcame a meth addiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's a guy who, you know, everybody he has so much humility, but this is a guy who now. There's one person in really 17 years who's Dr. Phil's trusted with that seat to help be on the show on a relatively regular basis. Yeah. The guy who that is was at one point at 22 years old calling his parents saying I'm meth addicted, get me into rehab. Right? right. Like that's that's incredible what you've turned yourself into. You've also founded these is it cast cast centers. Cast right. centers. So Tell them a little bit about the cast centers and what you do with that. Yeah. Just give everybody kind of the full rounded version of, yeah, of what I kinda, you do. I kind of cover a totem pole in my career. So mm. when I say
0: totem pole at the bottom is like psychiatric disorders, chemical dependency, uh, n- need a lot of support and structure. So mm. I started a treatment center at the first groups I had in my apartment in Venice cause I didn't know how the heck I was going to afford to have an office or anything. And, um, and it's expanded quite a bit, and now it's a uh, outpatient clinic with uh, we treat straight depression or straight anxiety, dual diagnosis, which means you know mm-hmm. chemical dependency and alcoholism with uh, another diagnosis. Mental illness and, of some yeah, type. so we have yep. evening programs, day programs, um, and that's in West Hollywood. Okay. Um, and uh, now with insurance, it's great; they
1: cover. Thank God. M- most insurances cover yep. treatment, which is awesome. Big um, topic that's come up a lot is. Um, mental health yeah more and more on my show and in social media people are asking me to discuss it more uh-huh. cover it more you know i'm a believer that mental health is this huge spectrum it's it such is. a broad topic it can be everything from suffering from some you know anxiety that's what I'm saying. To worry. Totem- up here yeah. you
0: have high achieving yeah how do i go from 5 million to 20 million right 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 like the, and you're right it's all in the range yeah the problem i feel like is everyone pulls them off instead of like you're saying just we all have mental health right there's just different levels of it. we all have financial health right there's different levels of it there's Mm -hmm. physical health
1: yeah like one of the things about mental health that you and i were talking about off camera too is is that you all should be working towards being healthier mentally emotionally like even if you think you're a really well-adjusted person i feel like i'm a pretty well-adjusted person i'm still reading and seeking mentors and relationships Associations, experiences that improve that part of my life. I'm my physical body. I'm trying to improve. I want to improve my emotional and mental uh, well-being as well. And no matter what level you're, I think some people think, well, the mental health stuff's like for people who are like you know manic depressive or you know schizophrenic, right. or You know they're suicidal. That's a one part of the spectrum. There's all kinds of other. Yeah, spectrums. me or you could have a, a, a more poor mental health day
0: than somebody who's three days sober.
1: What do you do for... I mean, in theory. For, no, I no. haven't had one in a while, but... No, but, I, I have. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you're completely right. I have One of the great things about people that are in recovery is the, what I would call almost forced self-awareness that right. begins to take place. The revelations in learning about oneself is one of the great gifts of recovery that yeah. sometimes people who don't need to go into recovery never get that gift of. It's just true. self-reflection, right? Could you share with us maybe some habits that you do daily or routines that <clears throat> contribute to your wellness mentally, emotionally? Yeah, I
0: mean it's rituals. Yeah, I love ritual. I love a structure. So yeah. like, um, you know, I I think for me even before here, I go to I went to your bathroom so I could look in my in the mirror and I go just be yourself. Yep. I listen to music, but when I rolled down here, that made me feel like I could get uh, outside of myself, so I could actually be a vehicle for stuff. So like, there's the
1: simple things like that, and then there's- Can you go back to that yeah. thing in the mirror? Because I've yeah. heard you talk about this before, I think it's yeah. powerful. Yeah. Can you talk about what you actually do when you do that? Yeah, it's changed a lot. Okay, um,
0: okay. But I feel like so often in the mirror, we just look at our aesthetic. It's mm. like, and uh, not to be dramatic, but it's kind of it. It's like when you really look into who you are as a man or a woman, um, what do you say to yourself, or what does it say back to you? Hmm. And um, so I like to um, to go to a mirror, and I often will uh, drop to my knees uh, in a bathroom. Yeah. Um, Real quick in front of the mirror, like you Mm -hmm. know, I try to make sure no one's watching me. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, And then I pop up, and I'll look at myself in the mirror, and I'll just be like, you know, you got this, or be yourself, or just you know, be my own coach, Mm. because we're all human. We navigate life, and. I say I drop to my knees for humility, just to be like, I don't have all the answers, okay? Hop up, look mm-hmm. at myself, say something, and um, that's something I do before I go into do anything publicly or anything where I feel like there's pressure or anytime I feel like I may not be myself. Wow. You know? Yes, I do know. Because I, I want to be that. I want to be Superman. I want to yes. be Merlin. Like, I don't yeah. want to, I know for my own life, good comes when I am myself. And I hear you talk about that in your podcast um, and on your show. Um, And so, you know, look, there's the basics of gratitude lists, Mm -hmm. you know, which they work. Yes, they do. And I always will call people to ask, if I'm ever feeling completely obsessed with myself, uh, which we all do. Yeah um because you get what you put out right Mm -hmm. and so when we're self-obsessed it's hard to get out of it because we're just obsessed with ourselves and so what i'll do is i'll consciously call people and purely ask them how they're doing and not tell them how i'm doing (laughs) and i'll do that just to to get out of myself bro you know and i feel like that's why i chose this profession too is i get selfishly i i i don't even know if i can cuss up you can fucking love helping people because i in return feel this spiritual connection to life you, you too, right? And so it feels
1: good um, to, to do that. So, I mean, yep. um, I want to acknowledge a couple of things because it's just ironic. The reason I wanted you to tell that story was I've not had anybody else ever share that. So I don't do it in a mirror, but before... Every and at first it sounds like a George Michael moment, and it's not. No, I, okay. I actually, I may, it may be someone who's never done <laughs> it before. A bad but, joke. But yeah. what it is, is no, 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 I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. No, no, no. I, and you can get away with saying that probably a little better than I can. Yeah. Having said that, though, I don't feel yeah. that way. I, I, um, I, before every show, every speech, every, any significant encounter I have, I hit, I hit my knees as well. And say a prayer, and it's it's um, I ask you know for God to you know support me in that meeting and be the my best self. Yeah. Actually, I don't know that I use that exact word, but that's the thought. And um, at every night when I pray, people ask me, you know, how do you physically pray? I pray on my knees, and it's just a reason that it uh, it's, uh humbles me. It yeah. gives me a version of humility. So I- Grounding. Grounding. I, I literal grounding. Right. right. And so I just want to second that because. There's so many things we're covering. People go, yeah, that's a big deal for me. Yeah. The other thing that you do about calling people, we do it a little bit differently, but calling people and checking in on how they're doing, I do that. But um, what I love to do, everyone, I'll give you a, you may think this is weird, but when I'm in a public place, mm. I will find people regularly, uh, about every time I'm out in public. I'm at a gym, I'm at a restaurant, I'm at a grocery store. I just randomly pray for somebody. Huh. Just peace be with you, or God bless them. And I just yeah. pray. I get out of myself and pray for the, the person for some reason that gives me comfort, gives me strength, gives me humility. And um, I don't know why there's this as part of me that I just feel better when I'm helping someone somehow. Oh, yeah. So that's my version. Oh, of it.
0: man, if, if, yeah. if sometimes... Uh I'll go with friends. Mm. I'll be like, let's just give compliments. I mean, it sounds yeah, so it, funny. Yeah. You know, I've turned 40 next month, but yeah. I, I, I love stuff like this. You go to a grocery store and you literally are just dishing out compliments. Yeah. And we'll make a little competition where we're laughing. Yeah. But people love it. Yes. People love anonymous compliments. I'm and it w- feels so good to give. <laughs> and I so it's fun. I have an audio
1: on that where I talk really? about if you want to change your state, start complimenting other people. Start, yeah. First, it forces you. To become a habitual observer of people's blessings and giftedness. And then it feels so good to give them that gift. And it's something that you may be the only person that year who mm. will give them a sincere compliment about something. Right. You could complain, you give what a great looking tie. You know, yeah. the guy ends up going home and I feel him better about himself and he's nicer to his children that night. Right. Like it's just the ripple effects of these things. These are these are life hacks that that matter. So thank you for. And for that. and I
0: think that's why it's for guys like us, it's not that fun to watch the news or watch politics because mm-hmm. you don't see people lighting up other people's candles or their lights. You just see them blow it out, and so I think you have to create that environment like you're talking about where you're
1: constantly in that flow. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. So good. Okay, we're, we're flying through this, yes. unfortunately, because I'm loving this. Um, but I want to ask you, so everyone wants to change something in their life. Uh-huh. It's a baseline question. Someone listening to this say, gosh, I got these two guys there today. Ed, you better ask them this. What advice would you give somebody who just wants to create a change? It could be anything from, I've got an addiction and I want to fix that in me. Or uh, I've got a job and I'd love to start my own business. I weigh 50 more pounds than I want to. I want to transform something about myself. Can you give us some thoughts or actionable steps?
0: I think. Well, I think two things uh, which you know better than I do about setting a goal mm-hmm. and you know if you, if you don't have a goal you know they can't really achieve anything so mm-hmm. setting a goal an intention and a goal of what you want mm-hmm what is it and by when and mm-hmm. having it be measurable yep. and practical yeah and um, and uh so one is a goal and then the other that i think well a few other things i, I think having accountability figuring out who can help keep you accountable mm-hmm. if there's anyone in your life is mm-hmm. it possible even mm-hmm. if it's mom or dad just checking out hey mom i want you to call me twice a week yeah. and ask me are you making that 6 a.m you know uh class mm-hmm. or are you you know whatever it is and then the other that i found more recently and i've gained so much benefit of it from dr phil is um is how coachable are you with your change? Mm. A lot of people don't know what the the answer is, Mm. I've found, but their own ego gets in the way of being coachable. Mm. And a lot of people actually aren't coachable who think they're coachable. Agree with you. Right? Yes. And so like to me in terms of change, so you're not, you're gonna do it alone if you're not coachable. Like,
1: (laughs) that's the truth. It's really true. Because
0: no one wants to, If someone has figured it out and they're trying to mentor or lean in or give, and I've also, so many people I find um, want to give solutions because it feels good to help. Yeah, I agree with you. And so it's just keeping that in mind when you ask. Most people, no matter how successful they are, um, they'll give you advice. I I agree with that.
1: Speaking of successful people, a couple more things. Yeah. Do you, because you work with the most, some of the most successful people in the world. I bet you most people would be curious, are they happier than a person who's not quite as successful? Well, hmm, happy, well it depends who it is, okay. <laughs> I mean, but by so, and large, did this success, uh-huh. this achievement give them, if we're being really honest, did it give them more joy, happiness? Well,
0: uh, I mean, you could ask yourself, like mm-hmm. you've had a lot of success at different mm-hmm. times, do so you feel like that I love how you do that, created by the way. More. I love, that's why you're a good coach. Um, no, I mean it's real though, because
1: I mean you're I think a product that, of Yeah, I think um I'm always asking people that question that are sort of in this space too. I think that um well, I don't think material things long term give you lasting happiness, no. Right. Um I don't. Uh however, it's a lie to say the material things don't bring you some happiness. If you right. get a nice pair of shoes or a new car, you feel happy temporarily. Yeah, but I love it wears your off, shoes. right? Thank you. Um but you you, you're what you're really looking for long-term is fulfillment. Yeah. And those are two different things. And I think fulfillment is typically, uh, comes through a couple different sources. One is always in the service of other people. And I think it's identifying what your passions and giftedness and blessings are and using them in your life in the service of other people. Like if yeah. you can start to figure out, you know, I'm kind of good at this, or I enjoy that, or I'm passionate about this. You identify those gifts and blessings and then you utilize those things in the contribution to other people, that's how yeah. you become fulfilled, in my mind. That's I, so I have friends that are school teachers yeah. that don't have a jet and don't live oceanfront. They're incredibly fulfilled people yeah. because they don't, their model of life isn't that they need to be looking at the ocean. I have other friends like, you no, know, that sense of achievement and growing and, and pushing past barriers and achieving all these goals, that's what gives me fulfillment. So I think everyone's blueprint's a little bit different on it but I'm curious of the people that you've coached, do you? I think, you know what? You- I, I think it would be what, how, uh,
0: well, it depends if they have, I've worked with a lot of people with, uh, you know, pretty chronic depression. Yes. And those people struggle differently than someone that doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. But by and large, I feel like it matters. What matters is how connected to a community and safe relationships and friendships and love that the mm. person has. Mm. Um, is an indicator. I think sometimes people struggle quite a bit when they're super famous, because Mm -hmm. um, the story they tell themselves is they can't trust people, or which there are some realities to it, but Mm -hmm. I think it's about how safe somebody feels in their connection of love. Yes.
1: The reason I believe that, the reason I asked you was, my observation is the more and more someone achieves a celebrity status, the more and more it's important to have somebody in your life Constantly having them come back to learning about themselves—that they lose themselves in the pursuit of celebrity—and yeah. they almost become this person they think everybody wants them to be. And I don't know that that's just for people that become famous, yeah. but it's my observation of the people that I've worked with closely that have become very well known—is they they're, they're, there's a propensity to possibly lose sense of self.
0: Yeah, yeah. and that, yeah, I, I, and what's you know, you can't. There's something about it, you know, hanging out with friends, playing a game. Mm. and you know just connecting with other humans and feeling mm. love mm. uh when that starts to get stripped away and becomes isolating i think i think you're right for anyone it becomes mm. or if or when you're connected with people you know no one's better or worse than anyone but if you're in an environment where you hold power perception that you're better mm-hmm. i think that can also be really isolating so so, so do i um
1: but I don't know if there's a difference. Okay, I don't think I don't think there is. Uh, but I I have I think the sense of self needs to be protected. I, the reason I'm saying this to everybody is: forget celebrity. As you're achieving things, as you're yeah. moving up the ladder towards your goals, make sure that you're constantly giving yourself gratitude, giving yourself rituals and habits that connect you back to yourself. Whether that is hitting your knees on a regular basis, or a gratitude exercise, or right. praying for somebody, or calling other people and always make sure that you're connecting with yourself, that you don't lose yourself in the pursuit of stuff. Correct. Is, is, is the point, the reason I asked the yeah, question. Yeah, yeah,
0: I think we sometimes get lost about what's actually gonna
1: make us happy. I agree with that. All right, so I got a random question and yeah. then we'll finish up. Because yeah. it's, it's got to do with sobriety. Uh-huh. Um, I wanna know how you, have because you started doing a lot of these and I'd like your honest answer about uh-huh. it because a lot of people listen to this, or they have someone in their family with addiction, Uh huh. right? They do, and it's probably alcohol or drugs. It's, 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 uh, it's prevalent. And you used to be involved in interventions, right? A great deal. I want to know. I know you've done a lot of them, and so you're an expert at this. I have a philosophy about them Uh that I think I've developed over time because I've been involved in some myself. Right? How do you feel about interventions in general as a strategy to help somebody pursue sobriety or a change in their life? Is it effective or ineffective?
0: Well. I mean, there's a lot of people I've intervened on who I never thought would be sober, mm. uh, who are sober today. Okay. Who are le- like, I just received a text a few days ago. This guy's a big professor now at a university is over 10 years ago. Wonderful. Um, so it, they do work. I think, I mean, every, life's a, it's a loose garment. Every, there's a fit for everyone. And mm. I think it's about what's the fit. Sometimes surprise interventions work. Sometimes they don't. Mm. Sometimes a kid needs to be taken in the middle of the night. Sometimes he doesn't. Mm. Sometimes someone needs to stand up to dad and sometimes uh, mom just needs to leave. So like interventions, um, I think, I think they're, they're very successful with getting people to treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, but like anyone who goes to treatment, the biggest, Step is what, what happens when they leave treatment. When
1: they get there. So specifically about it, yeah. my concern in the ones I've been involved with uh-huh. have been uh, the ones that I've seen be effect, more effective. Nothing is yeah. 100% in sobriety, as we both know. Not even close. Right. Having said that, was the um, sobriety level of the person during the intervention meaning if they were high or loaded during the intervention. They may have gotten to the treatment center, but this was not really a decision they had probably made of sound mind. I know this may seem like I'm going down a road. No, 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 I understand what you're saying. When when I have seen interventions work more effectively is finding that drunk or alcohol, or or drug or alcohol addicted person, but somehow finding that intervention during a time of sobriety, where they're sober to receive the message to receive it or do you not believe there's any distinction between those two things and answer honestly well i i think it's sometimes really hard to get someone who's i agree who's <laughs> I sober. Agree.
0: yes um especially if you're doing it you know a lot of them i've done we do first thing in the morning before they start drinking for the day or well, using
1: r- well i think that's a valid point though. yeah we are yeah, more likely to, get, to get, them- get somebody sober earlier in the day yeah. theoretically right right
0: yeah. um But I, I, it's interesting,
1: it's just, it's so weird how life works.
0: I've Mm. intervened on so many people that I literally, like I had one guy who I intervened on, he was homeless and Mm. uh, doing some pretty uh, uh, colorful things on the Mm. street. And um, I intervened and I said to him when I took him to treatment, if you get sober, uh, if you get a year sober, I'll give you a job. Mm. I was like, this guy's never gonna stay sober. Mm. Sure, lo and behold, a year later, I got the phone call. Wonderful. So it's like, I've had so many of those. Yeah. Um, the thing about interventions that's a bummer is, uh, is they, they're just so chaotic. Mm-hmm. They're just so dramatic. Yeah. And uh, they're like the last you know, step, yeah. the last house on the block. and yeah. um, It's really sad to mm-hmm. see what mm-hmm. happens to the family members. I mean, I always look at like, what does the family need to do? Because yeah. at least the the addict or alcoholic gets to numb out. Mm-hmm. Family's not. They're dealing mm-hmm. with their pain and their emotions and they're covering up. And mm. So I usually lean into the families and then secondarily is like, okay, well, they're going to change. Do you want to? Do you want to change?
1: I think that I want everybody to hear today because we talked about shame. Mm. I think that there's a lot of people listening to this that have that some sort of an addiction right now they're shamed by. And I just want you to know, as the child of somebody who got sober, my dad finally got sober. I get emotional when I say this, but I'm so proud of him. Mm. My dad's addiction actually gave him an opportunity to become my hero in the real world. Mm. And so my dad, if you are listening to this, and you have some type of an addiction, gambling, alcohol, drugs, whatever it might be, I'm gonna tell you something. When you do turn this around, and if you do turn this around, your family is gonna be immensely grateful and incredibly proud of you. I can tell you 30 years later, my dad's children, his grandchildren, our existence as a family has been completely altered by my dad's decision to, and follow up in his program to stay sober over the years. It's altered all these lives. Yeah. It's altered my life. I'd like to think I'm altering other people's lives and affecting you. now. And you can draw that back to my dad's courage that he went and made the decision finally to get sober. And so those of you that are struggling with something, the effects of you getting this right and getting clean or getting sober are so profound long-term. It's going to be an incredible, it'll probably be your greatest legacy to your family. And, and sober, I, like
0: we, found, we find... And you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I just, what, what you got ticking in my brain was there's so many people we now see addicted to pot.
1: Okay. So many, so many. Mike and I were just talking about this before you and, got here. And
0: it's a conversation mm-hmm. that like, I, I don't care. I have friends who smoke weed. Mm-hmm. I have friends who don't smoke weed. I'm mm-hmm. sober, I don't smoke weed. Mm-hmm. But like, I've been sober over 17 years, so. That's wonderful, congratulations. But we see a lot more, uh, primarily men Okay. 20s and 30s, who uh, pot is ruining their life. Mm-hmm. And there's, they're in this cycle where somehow they're believing it couldn't be. Yeah. And um, it's been real. We've seen a lot of people having such a hard time getting off weed.
1: This has been such a blessed conversation. Right before you got here, Mike, who's shot every one of my programs, yeah. uh, has, doesn't smoke weed anymore, but used to. Um, and we were talking about the, I said to him, I said, there's more and more people becoming addicted to pot. Oh yeah. And, and he said to me, he goes, you know, I was just driving over here. There's a billboard on the freeway that there's all these pot billboards everywhere. It's the normalization of it. But however, he's like, and this one was to solicit, to have it delivered to your front door. So you don't even need to leave. Yeah. He said, imagine if it was alcohol, there wouldn't be a billboard that said, I'll deliver alcohol to your front door, even though you could do it. It's a direct solicitation. And I worry about this generation that's going to grow up in the normalization almost of pot there are people obviously that you and i both know smoke weed once in a while and it's not affect their life but it's important that people hear this this is something to be mindful of and be judicious yeah
0: and it's important to know that pot can ruin your life Mm because a lot of people don't realize Mm -hmm. they'll be like oh you know they'll they'll start off just smoking at night and they'll Mm -hmm. smoke in the morning then they'll start Mm -hmm. smoking all day and they're still start eating edibles Mm -hmm. and you know it's just it just keeps going and it's okay to to need to stop for a while it doesn't everyone's different but i think a lot of people i we're finding a lot of people over the last year are getting wrecked by pot Mm -hmm. and because it's not killing people Mm -hmm. meaning like Mm -hmm. how fentanyl is Mm -hmm. or opiates or alcohol Mm -hmm. it it doesn't get that same attention Mm -hmm. and because it's so heavily promoted right now and i'm Mm -hmm. not someone who's saying pot so bad i just see so many people now Mm -hmm. who um, it's affecting their relationships, mm-hmm. they're feeling foggy, angry, lonely, mm-hmm. dysregulated, mm-hmm. Um, and just if someone's listening, it's okay if you wanna ask for help and get out of that because it's,
1: there's a solution, you know. So. I'm so glad you just brought that up. I didn't know we were gonna bring that up at the end of the interview, and it might be the most important thing that we brought up here because I'm seeing it too. I had a very good friend, we were driving in this last week or so in the car, and he was telling me that it's to the point now where um, for him to eat breakfast, hmm. for actually to eat when he gets up, he has to smoke pot now just to function to be able to eat in yeah. the morning. And so it's wrecking his life. And so it's just something to be mindful of, everybody, that in your family and in yourself, if that's in your life. So thank you for that. Yeah. Today's been so good. They're yeah, like, so, fun. So Thanks good. for having me out here. So let's make sure they know where to find you because yes. I know they're intrigued now if they didn't know you. First off, you'll see him on Dr. Phil pretty regularly. But let's where can we find you on uh, social it's, media Yeah. Online? So it's
0: Coach Mike Bear. Okay. Everything is Coach Mike Bear. Coach like Mike Asper.
1: Bear. We'll put it up on the YouTube screen right now that everybody cool. can see it too. And then also your book is there's an audible version, an audio version of the book too, yep. right? Okay. You can listen to it while
0: you're driving right. and you'll
1: have me talking to you and coaching you and Uh, We'll do some work. Yeah, and you got one of those voices too that's pleasant to listen to. So I I really uh, enjoyed today. Like I enjoyed it. I learned. I got things out of today. And um, I know my audience did too. And I'd like them to come follow you. So thanks so much. Thank you, Ed. Thanks so much, brother. All right, buddy. Everybody, I know you enjoyed today's program. Just a quick reminder on social media. Every day I run the Max Out 2-Minute Drill. What that means is I want to connect with you. I want to interact with you. By the way, would you do a 10-minute call with one guest on my show? 10-minute coaching call. Would you do that? Yeah, why not? Okay, thank you. The the universe decides. Okay, so the universe decides who it is. So what I do, guys, on my social media every day when I post on Instagram, I post between 7.30 and 8 a.m. Pacific time every day. And so what I post every single day, there's three ways to win. One, just make a comment in the first two minutes. Just make a comment. So have your notifications turned on. Two, if you miss that, Um, Make a comment at any time, but make a comment every single day. At the end of the week, we add up people who just commented on every post every day. So we add up that group, too. And then if you make comments to people's comments, so you're engaging with people, we pick winners there as well. Get right on my jet, coaching calls, gear, coaching calls with um, some of my guests. Mike's going to do one. And uh, my book, all kinds of cool stuff that we reward every single week. We pick winners every single day. So make a comment, comment on people's comments, comment every day. All right, everybody. God bless you and max out your life. This is the end mine.